wedding, we're supposed to be having a fiesta! What is this? Spurs Nation, what's up? Uh, got a very special, very special episode. First off, how you doing, Spurs Nation? I, my international amigos from all across the globe, go Spurs, go. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for watching. If you're watching live, go ahead and let us know where you're at in the chat. If you're watching post-live, go ahead and let us know in the comments how you're doing over there. All right, so guys, got a few things to say before we get started. We do have Damian Bartnick on the show. He's a writer for Air Alamo, also has a co-host for the Notorious Sports podcast as well he covers the washington football team and got a lot of stuff going on in the podcast world so make sure to check out the link in the description to check out all of damien's work um it's a big day over here um very excited to announce that spurs tube tv is live spurs tv.com is up and running go ahead and check out the site spurs film room is now going to be presented by spurs tube tv so very excited with that go ahead and check out the website and check out some Spurs content from a bunch of different great high-level uh, Spurs digital content creators, video podcast creators. Um, they're doing their things, right? So that this channel is just all about bringing them together and having some fun, right? So thank you guys for 2K subscribers. We're on our way to 3K. Appreciate you guys. Just to remind you guys that we are going live Tuesdays and Thursdays now at around 8, 8.30. Um, that move from Mondays and Wednesdays if you're with us kind of like all summer. So a little bit changing the schedule there. On Sundays, uh, we try to knock out a Spurs Q&A with you guys where we can engage with y'all, chat with you guys, take your questions, put them on screen, and just chat Spurs basketball with, with the group, with the fans, right, with you guys um, for about half an hour to an hour on Sunday. So make sure to go ahead and check that out. Um, you guys are doing fantastic right now. You're watching this show. You're supporting this show. And we can't do it without you just chilling and hanging out with us. But um, if you want to go above and beyond, go ahead and smash that like button down below. Chant Go Spurs Go when you do. Smash that notification bell so you get notified when we go live and when we drop new content on the channel. Um, leave a comment if you agree with us, disagree with us. I want to know. All right, so make sure that you let us know in the chat below. Share this video with the rest of Spurs Nation. And if you want to even go above and beyond that, check out the Patreon link to the Spurs Film Room Patreon in the description below. You're going to get merch discounts to the merch store that is now live on Spurs Tube TV. Uh, you get Spurs Film Room discounts, uh, giveaway entries, uh, shout-outs, and voting power on film rooms that we do during the season. So all that being said, guys, let's get let's get into it and talk Spurs basketball. Damian and I are going to be talking um, the new-look Spurs, right? That was the title, right? We're going to be talking about the new cast and kind of what our expectations are putting them with the group that we already had. And then we're going to talk a little bit about who our X-Factor is this season. So it should be a lot of fun. Appreciate Damian coming on. Let's get into it. Go Spurs, go. Lift off. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Damien, it's a new day for the Spurs, my brother. 
What's going yes, on, man? Is. Yes, it is. How you doing, my man? Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on here, talk some Spurs hoops. I've seen some comments here about Ghost Spurs go from the Philippines, all kind of things. You know, we're worldwide over here, man. I'm excited, man. Let's do it. That's right. That's right. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, first off, man, I just want to tell the audience a little bit about you and, and you know, you, you write for Air Alamo. Um, I know I've been following your work over there, your blogs for about a year, like over a year now. Um, so I really you. appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate all the work that you do over there. It's always a good read. Uh, so guys, make sure to go ahead and check out Damien's link in the description below. Um, Damien, so what's, what's your take, man? Let's, let's get into it. All righty. You know, the thumbnail, I was putting together this thumbnail and I was getting excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was getting excited. Okay. I was like, all right. Okay. So I was like, we got Dougie, we got Zach in the house, right? We got Jock, right? I love, I'm gonna, yeah. I, think, I think Spurs Nation are, is going to love just like chanting his name, right? Like yeah, yeah. In, in their arena, right? And then we got, we got Sparty back in the house, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so I, I kind of want to pick your brain on, on who excites you the most kind of from the new crew. I didn't put that or Aminu. On, on on the thumbnail because uh-huh. as much as I want them to be on the team, I just don't uh-huh. know, right? I yeah, don't know what's yeah, going yeah. on with all yeah. that. So, um, but I kind of wanted to pick your brain kind of on who excites you the most from our new additions. And then kind of like with that group, plus the group that, that we have of our young guys, like yeah. what your expectations level are, you know, for all that. So um, first off, man, again, thanks for hopping on. And uh, and let me know, man, what, what do you think about this, the new look Spurs Hell yeah. Now, I appreciate you for having me, brother, for real. This was this is awesome. And uh, let's get into it, man. So I'll say this from the new group. Um, yeah, I won't touch on Thad and Aminu because I think they're going to be moved eventually. It's only a matter of time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see Doug, uh, Doug McDermott out there uh, yeah. just because the Spurs need shooting, man. They, they've needed shooting. They were what I believe it was 24th in terms of three-point shooting mm-hmm. percentage, uh, mm-hmm. taking some of the, the lowest volume, not hitting them at a high clip. I mean, San Antonio needed shooting, and they got that with Doug McDermott, uh, even a guy like Bryn Forbes. And even though we're talking about, you know, hey, Aminu might not be on the roster, uh, Alfred Aminu has kind of made his money here in the NBA in recent years when he's been healthy as a yeah. catch-and-shoot three-point shooter offensively. So they needed this. They, they knew they needed this. Uh, they came out and attacked that. And even, you know, a fan favorite, a fan favorite uh, wink, wink with Bryn Forbes, uh, you know, they still <laughs> added even more shooting there as well. So mm-hmm. uh, the shooting is kind of from a, a broad perspective, what I'm excited to, to see, because uh, they've, you know, they've added stuff there. And also they have guys who need to improve from deep. Uh, but yeah, I would say Doug McDermott, you know, kind of circling back. Doug McDermott is the main guy I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, you know, I wish it was Josh Primo, though. I want to see more Primo, man. I want to see me Primo, but I can't. <laughs> not ready yet. It's not ready yet. I, I think every time he plays, when he does play, if he hits a shot, I think like the the whole arena should go, cuz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, what's up, cuz? Yeah, you know? that, that's so. Yeah. I have a I have a homeboy from the valley. His name is Noah, yeah. and okay. every time I see him, I'm always like, "Orle carnal," I'm like, "Orle <laughs> or stuff like that, just because that's my boy. Like, yeah, you know, he's just from the valley. You know, the valley slang. Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, sure. Nine, nine five six, bro. I, I'm in yeah. the valley. I'm in the valley right now. I'm in the valley. Oh right yeah, now. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. shout out to nine five six. You know what, man? I was I was watching Doug McDermott highlights last night. And uh-huh. and you know what? There's a lot of footage on him last season cutting back door and finishing at the rim. Yep. And I think that's gonna be like that's gonna be so underrated because everyone's gonna be wanting chasing him off the three, right? And yep. he was awesome from the three-point line last year. But he started adding that, like, hey, I'm coming up to the three, and then boom, he was beating people back door yep. and he was finishing at the rim, getting his own rebound, putting back. Very like I had no idea that he was that aggressive 
going towards the hoop. And I think maybe that's something that he added towards the later, you know, the last few years probably of his career. Um, but that only makes his three-point game more deadly because once yep. he starts catching them back door, you know, the defender's going to keep biting. He's going to start biting on that. And then he's yeah. going to be able just to create that little bit of space that he needs to get a shot off, man. So I'm, I'm so excited about Doug McDermott. He was the guy that was on my board pre like free agency where I was like, yeah. man, if we can get Dougie after what he did in the play in game, I'm all about it. Yeah, no. And, and with McDermott too, I think another thing he brings is like movement shooting. He's more than just like a, a like a flat footed spot up shooter. Yeah. Uh, he can move without the ball, like you mentioned. And that's huge for the Spurs mm-hmm. because the Spurs outside of Patty Mills, they didn't really have guys who could relocate, you know, off the ball or yeah. come up off screens and really shoot, a, you know, shoot a jumper. A lot of it was kind of standstill, you know, on the wings, in the corner, uh, you know, three-point shooting. And I think a guy like McDermott can, you know, bring that as well. Uh, Brent Forbes, you know, fan favorite yeah. again. He could bring that as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Doug McDermott's going to be cool, uh, especially for this young team, you know, with, with you know, guys like DeJounte at the helm and really, you know, you know getting all these touches. Uh, Doug McDermott fits well for what they need. So I, I like how you're like talking about the shooting aspect of that's mm-hmm. what we acquired this off season mm-hmm. because that's what this young group needs. That's like yes. one of their weaker areas. So when I'm talking about like how the Spurs are going to do next season, you know, during this off season, my big mindset was like, well, let's try to fill some of the weaknesses of the young group, right? Not, mm-hmm. not, not just get random players in here and tank. There was a lot of people that were out there thinking that we were just going to suck. And I'm just like, bro, yeah. we're good. And especially if we can kind of clean up some of these weaker areas like shooting, right. And like size. And I think we did both of yep. those things. And actually we depth at the forward position too. We, we picked up, um, actually we got a tip here. Shout out to Frenchie Betts, Patreon member, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Question for both of us. Do you think this team win will win, uh, 30 games this season kind of goes into our, our, uh, our conversation here about, you know, improving this off season. And I think Vegas had us at what? 20, 28 and a half, 28 and a half. So yeah. 30 games, Frenchie. I think, I think we're definitely going to get to like 35. I think 33, oh, 35 okay. is, is where I would put my, like, I don't even want to say they're higher expectations because, you know, I cannot see a team that defends that like we do be bottom five or bottom even yeah. 10. And to be bottom five or 10, you're only winning like 10 to 20 games. Right. Yeah. So I think we're going to actually pull out some, a lot of games this, uh, this season uh, because we we don't know, right. We don't know how good these, this group is going to be with the new roles and responsibilities. And I, I have all the high, high hopes, man. Talking about expectations yeah. for this group. My my expectations are are you know similar to what we did this year, but I think there's a higher upside, and it's not because you know nothing against Demar. I love Demar, and I really appreciate mm. everything he did here. But you know, there's a lot of talent on this young with this young group. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just waiting to soak up opportunity that they haven't gotten. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what do you, what's your thoughts on thirty games? So you said thirty five, and that's gonna, that's that's interesting. So. I'm actually a piece of mine is dropping soon on Air Alamo. I literally I sent it in yesterday, um, and I'm basically tackling the question of, hey, are the Spurs going to be a bottom five team next year? Because you know, according to the odds makers, there's a high chance they will be. Right, um, 35 is my actual like my high point in terms of like games won for the Spurs next year is probably around like 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think their low end is like if you know someone gets hurt and mm-hmm. no one takes a leap they win like 25 games mm-hmm. but i don't think it's likely and the reason why is because of the defense like you mentioned 
they're going to be a really solid defensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just overall, that's what they really added this year. Even though, you know, they lost guys offensively who are going to help them, like Patty Mills, DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. um, Rudy Gay, guys like that. They added some – a lot of guys are going to get, you know, high-level minutes that are good defend- defensive players. Whether that is if Thad Young plays or an Al-Faruq Aminu plays a lot or, you know, Devin Vassell is going to get a bigger role. Keldon Johnson is going to get a bigger role. Like, a lot of these guys they added that they're bringing can defend. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. They could potentially, you know, and I'm, I mentioned this in my article as well, so a little spoiler. Yeah. Uh, they could be like the Knicks of last year where they have the fourth highest defensive rating, mm-hmm. but they're the 22nd best offensive team. So it's going to still limit you. It's still going to cap you out when it comes to how good you can be. But this team does have, you know, a, a significant ceiling just because defensively they're going to be so good. Now, I don't think they're going to be like a playoff team uh, by any means. That's just, you know, you could, you know, roast me for that. I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say they're going to be a bad team. They're extremely young. They have a long, a lot, uh, you know, a long ways to go. But, hey, they're going to be trending in the right direction. So, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, it's a win in my book. You know, like this, this, this year, like we were in so many close games. Yep. overtime games, double overtime games. I mean, you maybe uh, you could chalk it up to maybe 10 or 15 of those where they were like coming yep. down to the wire. And I think the big question, that is the question mark on if the Spurs can win 30 to 42, you know, or, or, or mm-hmm. 38, 39 mm-hmm. is, are those like 10 games, those 10 or 15 games that are going to come down to the final possessions. And, and last year, man, it was like DeMar bust, right? It was like, hopefully DeJounte comes through. And a lot of times, man, he did, right? Like he, he was there for it in in the final minutes of the game, but we, we struggled in those moments. We struggled to put the ball in the hole. So offensively, I think is the question mark for everybody. Who do we give the ball to? Who takes the majority of the shots? Who's our number one, number two option? You know, what type of system are we going to run? Cause you know, I, I like to think, okay, maybe we do roll it back with this motion style, drive and kick, drive and kick, mm-hmm. you know, type offense. But I think, hey, I think we have personnel on here to maybe switch it up a little bit and run a couple more set plays, a couple more, um, you know, plays for Lonnie coming off a pick, double pick, not just kicking out to Lonnie and hoping that he can create for himself. Because I don't think Lonnie kind of showed that he was kind of there yet. And yeah. Kel- Keldon's the same way. Kel- they figured Keldon out a little bit into the season. And if he's just catching that kick and just putting it on the floor and going to the yeah. hoop, you know, they figured us out. And yeah. so, you know, I think if we can incorporate a couple more sets for some of our young guys who have all that potential, Devin Vassell, right? Like, I mean, if we can, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think most of those plays might be run for Derek or, or DeJounte just because they're kind of like next in line to get those touches and things like that yeah. to really put the load on those two guys. So I kind of feel like, there's so there's a lot of unknowns on 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 the table of that will dictate how good we can be and yep. we might see some of that get answered during preseason you know what i mean um but i don't know if you remember it was it was the bubble year right so like the beginning yeah. of the beginning of that season oh my gosh bro we started off terrible do you remember yeah. the start of that season yeah they were like, they were a, a, yeah they were a great offensive team and horrible defensively they were atrocious defensively i remember one game against the wizards if my memory is correct they were up by like 20 something in the second quarter and ended up losing the game bradley bill went stupid hit a hit a, a shot at the buzzer in the third quarter and it, that was all she wrote the wizards <laughs> came back and beat them so Davis oh, I remember was, that. Davis was on a on a heater. Yeah, um, yeah, man. So I mean, we just can't have that start if we're expecting playoffs. You know, I, I think that's the, that's going to be pivotal pivotal for the 
for us moving into this season is how we start. Yeah. And and I was talking to Ty and and uh, Ty Yeager and Nick uh, Yarbrough from at the line last week, and and um, you know there was a little bit of discussion on maybe they maybe it's good for us because maybe the NBA doesn't know what's coming, right? Maybe the other teams don't know how we're going to play. Maybe that gives us a little bit of an edge. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you just kind of gotta you gotta be better at better than other teams at one, two, or three things. If it's just yep. paint touches, if it's rebounding, if it's assists per game, you gotta you gotta be good and you gotta be better than the most. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, and I think that's kind of why like the Spurs zagged um, when like the whole NBA went small and switched everything and. We 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 threw out Paul Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge, right? We're like, no, we're gonna go big and double big, and because yeah. we just try to like be better at something else than what the other NBA, you know, what the rest of the NBA is to try to be competitive that way. Because we weren't gonna beat the Golden State Warriors, right? Like at yeah. shooting threes or or playing that style, we just didn't have the personnel to do it. And I feel like this season, you know, there's a couple different ways that this can go, and and I don't know, but my my high hope my hopes are high, man. And you know, let's talk about Sparty real quick. I kind of wanted to, to to mention him a little bit. He signed his deal. Right. Yesterday, I believe uh, I'm excited to bring him back, bro. And I think he's going to have this whole new swagger in that number seven. Yeah, uh, I'm going to piggyback real quick off your point about uh, the Spurs, you know, kind of going in different directions when other teams are going. Uh, I think this offseason is kind of different. I don't think they did that. I think they kind of yeah. understood that they needed a more modern sense of basketball by adding shooting. Not only that. Uh, defensively, they they I think they actually value like versatility and defensive switchability more than anything. Um, so I think they're adding more of a modern sense, which is was a, which it's a thumbs up if you're a fan yeah. or you know kind of seeing where this team is going long term. That's a good sign because that means that they're understanding where they need to go. Their philosophy is probably going to change a little bit, and that's a good thing for the modern NBA and you know kind of what you want the Spurs to do. Now in terms of Brim Forbes, <laughs> Brim Forbes uh, as a shooter, you know you love it. You, you absolutely love it. It's exactly what you need, right? Now, Bryn Forbes at like 22 minutes a night is not good. You need Bryn Forbes at, you know, anywhere from 16 to 18 minutes per night um, in a very, you know, simple role. And you live with the defensive, you know, liabilities, but you, you also live with the offensive reward that he brings. Uh, it has to be really short stretches, nothing too crazy, because you can't play him as a starter. I mean, it's it's just not – I know what he brings as a shooter – but defensively, it's so bad, and he matches up very badly with, you know, every starting lineup out there on the defensive end. So I'd much rather see him, you know, play at the end of the first quarter, play at the end of the second quarter, stuff like that, yeah. uh, rather than start these games or even close these games out. I wouldn't have him close games out either. So, but I mean, there's there's definitely a path to success with him on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just got to be smart. You got to play your matchups, and you have to go into that knowing that hey, defensively he might give give up a lot but we're going to live with what he brings us offensively. Bro, you're on the money, man. I mean, and we don't we don't even need to speculate that. It's true. 2 seasons ago, we we had him in the worst role that we could possibly put him in and yeah. and we missed the playoffs, right? And last season he goes to Milwaukee, has a similar role to kind of what we feel like he should have here. Come off the bench when your when your moments are needed, come through. And he came through for Milwaukee when they needed him to. And other than that, he kind of wasn't around. And they win a championship, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I yeah. mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the shoot yeah. is huge, man. The yeah, shooting. what what was he? Forty five or forty four percent or something last season? Yeah, was- I mean, and you got to remember too. Like, I don't think he played a, this this major role in the finals or anything like that. But you know, you know what the path, uh, you know, to success is for a player like him. And as long as you kind of play within that, 
you're going to be in a good spot most likely. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right here. I got them pulled up for me. Yeah, 45, 46, oh, damn near 46% from three on five attempts. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's very yes. good. <laughs> yes, we need those five attempts. And 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 that's at fine. 19 minutes a night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At 19 minutes a night, that is the chef's kiss. That is that mm-hmm. is fettuccine Alfredo. That is chicken parmesan. That's exactly <laughs> what you are from Bryn Forbes. Dude, man, I, that's on the <laughs> money. So so we we addressed our our big men depth, right? I think we did that very mm-hmm. very well too this season, right? By adding Zach Collins, who has the upside. We all know about his injuries, but. He's a Spur-type player. I've always loved Gonzaga bigs, bro, just because I've always felt like – I've always wondered why the Spurs didn't, like, try to get some of them in the draft, right? Like, maybe in the second round or whatever because they're very skilled. They're great passers. They're smart, high IQ, good shooters. And then we pick up Jock Landale, who, you know, I didn't know anything about until we got him. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I did my research, and and he's awesome, bro. Like, he's just, like, this cool dude, and I just can't wait for him to kind of get, like, all, all Aussie on the court. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just start, like, yeah. checking dudes and – talking mess and whatever it's feel like he's yeah. gonna be that type of dude and and uh let me see who else who else did we bring did we bring in the Spurs? Was that? yeah yeah, they, yeah any i mean just overall guys like aminu you got that young you got yeah jock lindale doug mcdermott uh zach collins uh joe Wieskamp, josh primo um yeah just you know all those guys i mean with lindale which is interesting is like he's a really good shooter as well so i would love to kind of see his you know his style of play translate to the nba uh, I got the numbers right here as well. 39% on, on nearly four attempts per game uh, from a center. That's you love that. You live with that. Yeah. Uh, and to Zach Collins, to your point as well. Yes, we know the injuries, uh, the defensive upside is there though. I mean, he's had some really good defensive games, especially in, in the, in Portland's last kind of like mini conference finals run that they had. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you like, again, a lot of this is going to be based on hypothetical and what ifs when it comes to the Spurs this year, if these guys can make a leap, if these guys can stay healthy, they can do some damage. Hey, maybe they can make the play-in tournament. Maybe they can make the playoffs. But it's it's a lot of what-ifs, and yeah. a lot has to go right. Now, yes. am I saying that they're not – it's not going to happen? No. But are they – Are they? can they do it? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you're coached by the greatest coach ever. You're, you know, you're littered with talent that with guys that all play well off one another. So the possibilities are endless. It's not – you know, I don't think, you know, they'll make the playoffs like I mentioned, but it's still possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they can secure a play in spot if everything goes right, like you said. Of mm-hmm. like, and the biggest thing I think you mentioned here, man, is health, bro. Right? Like, yeah. if we can remain healthy for a full season, I think the sky is the limit. I think we can surprise some teams, and and I think when we look at the landscape of the West and we see Phoenix that made the finals and and kind of how all that shaked out, I wouldn't put like who are the top two teams, Utah and Phoenix, this year. It's like, yeah, you know, like to me that doesn't scare me. That doesn't scare me at all. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So so maybe the landscape is a little bit more leveled than it was the previous six years or so with, with you know, the juggernauts that were in the West kind of doing their thing. Um, you know, so I don't know, man. The sky is the limit, bro. So this offseason, like if you were to give it a grade, what would you give the Spurs offseason? Um, considering the position they were in. And am I including the draft in this as well or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I'd probably give it like a B minus off season um, or B minus B off season because, you know, considering where they were in, there's no superstars that are going to come to San Antonio. None of, none of them were available, right? It wasn't going to happen. Not a possibility. Mm -hmm. They got off, you know, all of their veterans that, you know, needed that they needed to, you know, quite frankly, Uh, they got assets in return for guys like DeMar DeRozan, um, you drafted young, you know, you went in the right direction, like with the primo pick where I was like, Hey, they need a three level creator. They need shot creation. They get that guy. He's one of the youngest kids in this draft. Uh, 
you know, they went, they did a lot of very smart things considering where they were at. Of course, you would love them to, you know, I know some Spurs fans but love them to get John Collins and love them to get this player and that player. But all things considered, in, in, in a sense of reality, in actual reality, they did well considering where they were at. So it's a B minus B offseason. I can't give you an A or A plus when you don't, you know, land a superstar or trade for a superstar. Um, but considering where they're at, it, it, it was a fine offseason. I don't I have nothing to complain about. I like that. I, I can I can see that for sure. Um, and I think that's the whole thing. Like, we didn't get a superstar in here, but we created this team. We built this team around the young guys, right? I feel like everything that went into this offseason was about that. You know, and I was, yeah. it, was, it wasn't about trying to find that next superstar or trying to move up in the draft to, to grab a top two pick or top three pick. It was like, no, no, we got our guys that we've been developing for like six, seven years, like all of them, right? And then let's let's give them the ball. You know what I mean? Let's give them the ball and let's find players to put around them to be successful and see how good we can be. Yeah. And I think I think that is just as potential filled as if we got one guy that's like an all-star level player. You know what I mean? Added to our teams. I think we have a couple guys on our roster that are ready to take that that step towards that direction, like Keldon, like Lonnie, maybe even Derek and DeJounte. DeJounte was close last year. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm very excited. If I had to give them, I'll give them a, I'll give them an A minus because I'm all about that, that philosophy, you know, yeah. like that, like, you know what, like we're, we, we, in order for us to be a successful organization over time, we got to do things a certain way. And, yeah. it, and, and it's never been go and shop in free agency. Right. Yeah. And, and it's never been trade assets to to grab Ben Simmons or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like we don't do that. I don't think that's a recipe for success for any small market, you know, any small market. You know, I think the recipe for success is what we've been doing. It's been drafting smart, developing over time and and always knowing that there's a plan for for that. And it's yeah. never like never deviate from the plan and do something like out of left field. And yeah. I think I think we hit it like you hit it on the head, dude. Too like with Josh Primo, that's exactly what we needed, man. And and dude, that guy, that guy, man, <laughs> he he gets me like giddy. I'm like, oh, oh, like he did what? <laughs> like like he he has that? He can do this? He he's 18? What? Like, bro? Like I I, I did a film breakdown on him like a week or two ago, and I'm just blown away at the things. It's it's like they taught the fundamentals to him when he was like two or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's been working yeah. on just being fundamentally sound, nothing too flashy, very humble, very, very solid in his fundamentals and never, you know, tries to go outside of that. And they're so pure. Like his fundamentals are so pure. Yeah. And, and it, Primo's going to be really fun to watch, especially like you said, like the fundamentals, of course. And yeah, there isn't a lot of flash, but trust me, I definitely think that'll be in his bag eventually. Uh, I mean, and you see kind of small things like that now in the summer league or in other, you know, times where you watch him play. He does have the ability to break people down to, uh, offensively, you know, hit him with a couple dribbles or a hezzy or a cross and get to the rim or drive and kick, something like that. Um, so I'm really excited. Shout out to my guy, Noah McGarrow-George, when I went yeah. on his show. Um, Great I episode, man. I heard. Yeah, I, I, yeah, listen to that. That was awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we, we, we were talking about it and I was like, man, I don't think my biggest – concern is like necessarily him being like Trey, Trey Young where he's you know dribble 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 hezzy or anything like that it's more so you know kind of mastering playing with pace like a D'Angelo Russell or SGA and if he can do that man you're looking at a really really solid offensive talent who everyone's kind of forgetting but 
Primo can defend his tail off as well. So, yeah, yeah I love the Josh Primo pick. Uh, I was crazy, right? Everyone, no one expected it, you know. But kind of looking at it now and, you know, seeing how things have played out, you got to like it, man. I mean, and I think everyone's kind of like, oh, well, he has to be this player in order to, you know, be considered a good pick. Nah, man, if he's a good starting caliber player late in the lottery, that's a huge win regardless of who you are. So, yeah. this is me, though. Some people will disagree, but – whatever <laughs> no 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 you're on the money man you're on the money and like his defense is an underrated part too and it's not like that he's like this lockdown defender but it's it's to me it's this it's the fact that he knows he's not quick enough yet like he knows that so yeah. when he gets beat he just he doesn't he doesn't give up on the play he doesn't he doesn't like um you know he doesn't take an error he just kind of trails it for a second and then uses that length that he has and, and and picks those arms up, bro. And he's always right there. He's yeah. always right there to contest or get a block from behind or whatever. Um, but it's to me, that's smart. To yeah. me, that's like, bro, you're 18 and you're smart enough to know, hey, you're not as fast as these guys yet. But you're just as smart defensively where it's like, OK, if you get beat, you're smart enough to recover with the yeah. length that you have. And his body filling into his body to me is is going to be like the the exciting thing is like is yep. he gonna get taller bigger you know like what, what's what's gonna happen here because i mean he, he has a baby face that's what i say it's like okay. everyone's like man he's so small it's like no dude he's six six he's got a great body on him bro at 18 i was like he just has that baby face that's why yeah but, he looks yeah. like a he looks like a teenager that's why i put on twitter i was like uh josh primo is gonna be 13 for the next like 20 years of his life like it is <laughs> literally insane and yeah. then it's just cool like seeing his draft video where he's like Hey, Spurs fans, I just got drafted. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm just laughing. I'm like, this little kid, man. Like, like I, I'm, on, I'm like, I'm 23, but I look at this, like this dude, like a little kid. I'm just like, yeah. man, look at this kid just gotten drafted. Like, doesn't doesn't even know like any like anything about San Antonio, but he's just excited to be there. Like, yeah, that's just that's just you know that's where dreams are made of, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be dope to see him play for sure. And and you see, it's another smart move from the Spurs, man, to pick him and 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 take that chance on him because it builds that relationship and that trust between the organization and player, which is not easy to do in this NBA. You know what I mean? In this day in the NBA, you know, like to have that bond. I feel like that's what that's what we did with him. It's like, yeah, yeah. we took a risk on you. We believe in you, and we're gonna give you all the time you need to develop. And you're, you know, like, you know, and I think he's like, oh my god, that's amazing. That's what I need. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm in the right place. I'm around the right people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the sky's the limit for this kid, man. So, all right, guys. So, when we get right back from this break, we're going to go ahead and talk about who or what we think our X Factor is for this season when we get right back. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, guys, just want to remind you guys that Spurs Film Room is brought to you by SpursTubeTV.com. It's the home of some of the best digital content creators in the Spurs game of Spurs video, Spurs podcast. Go check out SpursTubeTV.com and check out everything we have going on there. Um, also, thank you guys for 2,000 subscribers. If you're just joining us, uh, hit that milestone, I think, about a month about a month ago. And I'm already, like, at 2,000 2, almost 300 i think man so spurs nation thank thank you spurs nation for subscribing hitting that subscribe button and chatting go spurs go when you do man that's just amazing that goes above and beyond anything that i can ever dream of man so thank you guys out there in spurs nation um and just to let you guys know again we go live tuesdays and thursdays um tune into our uh the the community tab on our channel 
if there's ever any like adjustments to a show time or whatever, I'll be posting it there on the community tab. So, you know, like this past Tuesday had a lot going on with, with the family and whatnot. So I uh, had to move that show. So thank you guys for tuning in and supporting this channel. Again, if you want to get your question answered on this show, we got a Q&A for our live chat on Sundays. So make sure that you tune in on Sundays as well to usually that's around between 3 and 4 p.m. It's whenever my new four-month-old decides to take a nap, I'll kind of jump on there and chat with you guys, right? So that's always a lot of fun um, talking to you guys. So again, thank you for watching. Hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button down below. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live on this channel and when we drop new content and clips. Uh, leave a comment down below, even if it's as simple as GSG. We know what that means here in this chat room and on this channel. Um, share this video with the rest of Spurs Nation. And if you want to go above and beyond to support Spurs Film Room, and, you know, we have a few Patreon members in there right now. And believe me, they go what whatever you can contribute to this channel on Patreon helps keep the lights on, um, helps pay for like StreamYard and, you know, Adobe platform, what I use to make your graphics and all that type of stuff. So really goes above and beyond the Patreon members. So thank you. I can't I can't thank you guys enough. The Patreon members in here. Um, shout out to Frenchie Betts. Shout out to uh, Arno Midnight and Juan Rodriguez for joining the Patreon. Really appreciate y'all. Check out the link in the description below to check out the full uh, perks of the Patreon. All right, guys. So, all right, let's get back to the show with Damian Barnett. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, guys. So, Damian. I mean, there's. I would. I would love to hear everybody's answer to this question because it can. <laughs> it can be different, and everyone can be right. I feel like you know what I'm saying. Like, okay. so, so who is your X factor, or what is your X factor uh, going into the season for us to maybe make that playoff jump, right, to where we can get a playoff lock, an eight to six seed. So for the Spurs, I would say the 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 big swing factor in all of this is someone needs to take a leap, and not just a baby leap. I'm talking like a significant leap, uh, whether that's DeJounte Murray, Derek White. Someone needs to emerge as this team's go-to guy, this team's best player, uh, this team's anchor on on both ends. I know Jacoperto, of course, is you know the, one of the better defensive bigs. I get that, but I mean a guy who can really make things happen on both ends of the floor, uh, who can you know create for others as well as themselves and be that go-to guy down the stretch. It's there for the taking. Someone has to do it. Someone has to be that guy. I think that's kind of the biggest swing factor, not necessarily a, a specific player. Uh, if I was to kind of like kind of gauge that onto someone, I would actually say it's probably Lonnie Walker, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, because everyone kind of discusses, you know, his ceiling and, hey, man, this guy has this, this guy has this, he's uber athletic. You know, he can, he looks kind of pulling up from mid-range, but he hasn't been able to put it all together. If he can put it all together, San Antonio could have one a really solid offensive piece on their hands, but that's what it's going to come down to is someone needs to make something happen. And um, whether that's, you know, one player or the, the whole team, I don't really necessarily believe that this team, you know, can win by, you know, everyone pitching in. Even the Knicks, like I mentioned earlier, they still had an all-star caliber talent on the roster. Yeah. So they, the Spurs need someone like that in order to be that, from that you know, six to eight playoff uh, range. Yeah, man, that's that's right on the money. And er, yeah, when you drop that Nick comparison earlier, I really like that. I really like that comp, dude. That's that's almost exactly I think where we can see us being if we're if we're banking on our defense to get us there, right? It's like we're not gonna be the best offensive team. We're not gonna outscore anybody, but man, yeah. we're gonna be locking some some teams up, right? Yeah. 
and and but like you're right, bro. They had Julius Randle and and he took the load and he delivered, right? Yeah. And he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't an all-star before this season. So yep. it's almost like the same thing. Yep. It's like, hey, you know, the New York Knicks had this opportunity to give to him and he delivered. And I think yep. you're right on the money, man. I've been talking about that too. This off season is off this off season is that that was a big proponent to me not wanting to go and get John Collins or Laurie Markinen and pay mm-hmm. 23, $28 million to anybody. I was like to anybody. I was yeah. like, because we have guys that are ready. I feel to take that step. But like you said, it's for the, it's, it's up for grabs, man. And, yeah. and Lonnie Walker has the skill set. He has the, the, the offensive skill set. I think defensively, I think hopefully this, this year is a big improvement in that area. Cause I think if he can be one of those guys that turns defense to offense, holy cow, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we yeah. get Lonnie out getting steals, getting out on the break and just getting picks and whatever. Like, come on, man. That's, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see Lonnie get losing his guy or you know, yeah. getting beat up by the half court line and giving the guy a wide open lane to the rim and, and just some silly stuff like that, that I felt was, was kind of holding him back last yeah. year. But, but last year I, I want to kind of throw out the window in, in a sense too, because of the, the circumstance, right? Like yeah. the whole COVID thing and, and we, it, it hit us, right? I mean, it hit mm-hmm. everybody, but it hit us too. And I think it hit Lonnie as well. And I'm, I'm not sure if Lonnie got it or not. Nobody I don't think knows exactly, but yeah. um, he missed some games and, and, you know, something uh, referencing last week's episode with Ty and, and Nick, they were talking about his role and how it, it always felt like it was never clear what mm-hmm. we really wanted from Lonnie. You know what I mean? And and where and to me, I was just thinking he needed to be like J.J. Redick. Like, I know I know he has all the bag, right? Like, I know Lonnie had all the bags, but I was just feeling like last year we needed him because was, it was only it was like only him that was able to do it. I felt like to be that guy who's like, I'm spacing the floor. Like I'm just spacing the floor. I'm, I'm hitting down the threes. You know, I'm hitting the threes. I'm, I'm not getting too complicated because I feel like that kind of hurts him. Like, you know, sometimes he's not the best decision maker off the dribble. Like I was saying earlier, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. We can run him off screens coming off a down screen, ready to catch and shoot and, and kind of set him up in those ways. I feel like he'll be more successful. Um, but he's definitely one of those guys, man, that can swing the balance of this team. Um, if, you, if I was going to put it on a player, uh-huh. I, I think it's Derek White, right? You know what? And okay. if, I, if I'm going to put it on a thing, it's health. Mm-hmm. It's health. Like you brought up earlier, the biggest X factor for the Spurs this season is health, is staying healthy. And I'm going to combo that with Derek White. If Derek White can stay healthy, man, I, I, think we do, I think we're about to see Derek White have the ball and let him mm. be uh, a creator on offense and also – your number one guy or number two yeah. guy. I, I can really see that with Derek. Um, I think he's great off the pick and roll. I think he's smart with his decision-making. I think that he can shoot the ball when he's feel. I feel like this season he never got in his groove. Cause yeah. I mean, if we talk about who got hit the most with like COVID and things like that, Derek white and the toe injury, and he was just never able to really get going. And um, I think the moments that we did see him be successful, it was like in those moments where it was like, he scored 20 some a game, you know, or whatever. He scored mm-hmm. 20 points in that game. Um, I, that Charlotte game comes to mind that, that uh, game where he and DeJounte both went off and they combined for like 50 some points. Yep. That is what I want to see, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a, our offense being built around DeJounte and Derek's strengths. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's the X factor. If, if Derek White can stay healthy, I, I don't think that we're, I don't think that we're lower than 10 or nine. 
You know what I'm saying? If Derek White is healthy, I, I believe Ooh, in Derek that okay. much, bro. I okay. really do believe in Derek that okay. much, man. I've been high on him since since the year DJ got hurt and he was thrown mm -hmm. into the fire, bro. Mm -hmm. Like I remember mm -hmm. talking about that and being like, guys, I, I know this sucks, right? Everyone was like heartbroken for DeJounte at that point. But then I was like, bro, I think that this guy Derek White is ready, though. Like, I yeah. think he's, I think he's actually difference. ready for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that was two, three seasons ago. You know what I'm saying? And then he took us to yeah. the playoffs that year and against Denver. You know what I mean? We all saw what he did against Denver. He has that capability to put a team on his back. We just net, we we, but we haven't asked that of him since. Yeah. You know, the following season, we put him on the bench and give the the role back to Dejounte. And yeah. I just think that lowered the ceiling of the team. To me, I was just yeah. like, bro, we're not going to be that good if Derek's in this backup point guard role. That's why I'm really against it now because it makes sense, right? You got two point guards, right? Stagger them, yeah. right? But I just feel like if you want the best team you can put on the floor, especially in the beginning of the game to start the game, which is crucial, you got to start the game right. You can't start the game like we did two seasons ago, right? Giving up yeah. all these all these buckets, you know what I mean? So I think that's more valuable than having him come off the bench. That's kind of my argument with Keldon too, right? Like Keldon's too valuable, to not have start the game because he's going to go out there and start punching first. He's going to yeah. go out there and dunk over someone that's not ready or yell in someone's face. Who's, you know, yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like he gives you that edge right off the gate. And I think that our team needed that from Keldon. And um, so that's what I would say, man, I would say yeah. it's, it's Derek. Yeah. Derek white is definitely, I mean, he's, he's going to be very important. Health is huge for him because he's, you know, he's been hurt quite a bit, but it's going to be interesting to see because, He's primarily a pick-and-roll ball handler. He's a pick-and-roll point guard is essentially what he mm -hmm. is. And he's really good at that. Back in 2019, he ranked in the yeah. 86th percentile as a pick-and-roll ball handler. Like, he can do that. Yeah. Now, isolation is where I get worried, right? Mm -hmm. But luckily for San Antonio, I think, he, although DeJounte's isolation numbers don't look great, he is a good pull-up mid-range shooter. He, Derek can play off of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think Derek off the ball can work. Uh, he's kind of one of the most versatile offensive players, if not the most versatile offensive player on the roster. So I definitely can see where you're coming from with Derek White. I think Derek, you know, he can he can have a really big year as long as he's healthy. Uh, you add some shooters around him like the Spurs did. Hey, if Devin Vassell takes a leap or Keldon Johnson mm -hmm. can, you know, become a better spot-up shooter or Lonnie Walker. You say you want him in that, you know, running off screens, you know, J.J. JJ Redick-esque role. Hey, maybe that works and and, you know, the Spurs can make something out of it. I mean – it's possible for sure, especially with Derek White, because Derek is, like I said, he's probably, probably the best player on the team. I'd probably say. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, proven, it could work. right? Yeah, it could work. Yeah, proven. Like you know what he's actually shown. He's definitely that guy. Dejounte showed a lot this past season too, so he's right there with him. Um, yeah. yeah, Lonnie. I mean, I like him. I liked him in that role this past year. I think Lonnie would have been great in that role this season. Now. I don't, I don't want to put Lonnie in a box, right? You can't mm -hmm. put Lonnie in a box, bro. He's yeah. just going to jump out of it, right? We, we, you know, it's like we know Lonnie. Yeah. He's too athletic. He's got, he's got all the pieces. So that was more of like a last year thing for me. This year, I, I hope he does take a step forward in putting all the pieces together. And like, you know how like Derek White turns defense to offense? Yeah. You, you can see that when I say that, right, from mm -hmm. Derek yes. White. We need yep. to see that from Lonnie. Mm -hmm. We need to see that from Lonnie. And then I think he can take – close to that all-star jump or most improved player jump or six men, you know, type deal, you know, depending on whatever the lineup is. Um, so Gregory Castillo over here in the chat has a question for us. And what is y'all starting lineup for this season? So I know it's kind Ooh, of just throwing yeah. into the fire and I'm with yeah. you. If this changes like day to day, cause 
I love the depth that we brought in this year. I think I think that makes it very interesting, right? So yeah. Um, if you had to throw a starting lineup out, you know, for the preseason, and you're like, okay, this is, you know, or let's say like training camp, you're like, all right, this is gonna be my first group, right? I'm gonna, you mm-hmm. know, let's see how this goes and and let it sink or swim in the in the preseason. Who's in that starting five for you? So my starting lineup from the moment DeRozan was uh, was gone and Rudy Gay and Mills has been the same for like the last month and a half, probably month. Even though you know DeRozan hasn't been traded for that long, it's been like this for the entire offseason. Yeah. Was uh DeJounte, Derek, Devin, Kelvin, and Jakob. That would be my starting five. Uh no ifs, ands, or buts. Absolutely. I, I people are kind of worried about oh Keldon, you know, playing the four, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. I get the concern because he's not your traditional four that we've seen for years and years, but he's effective at the four. Mm-hmm. He can defend one through four. Mm-hmm. And not, not only that, too, I understand he is, you know, especially off the dribble, he's kind of more of a straight line drive to the basket. Doesn't really offer much playmaking there, but he can attack closeouts. He can attack opposing fours and he wins those matchups at times. So mm-hmm. I would like Keldon at the four, Vassell at the three, absolutely 100%. Devin Vassell needs to start, especially because he he's so he fits well with this lineup in the fact that he can be a, a low usage guy mm-hmm. uh, offensively and impact the game defensively. You know what he can do. And if he's a, if he has the upside um, in shot creation, like I believe he does, yeah, man, that's a great kind of unit to build him around and kind of let him cook with. Yeah. So I think you know maybe that'll kind of that'll kind of make Dejounte become a little bit more of an off ball threat as a you know spot up shooter, which is needed. It's necessary for his game for to develop and grow. Mm-hmm. But I, it would definitely be Dejounte, Derek, Devin, Kelvin, Jakob, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. That's very interesting, <laughs> man. I, you know, cause a lot of people, you know, that that's what we talk about. Okay. Well, who, who takes DeMar's spot and does Keldon stay right in the starting mm-hmm. line? Those are like your two, your two big question marks, your power forward and your small forward spot. I love the idea of just throwing Kel, uh, 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 Devin in there. Yeah. Bro, cause you're absolutely right. He can give you all the upside with a low usage and extremely high efficiency rate. Like you can just mm-hmm. totally see him killing his touches his like 10 touches or whatever because his touches will go down in that group mm-hmm. but he'll hit him and he'll like you know what i'm saying and then dude imagine the defense with that squad yeah oh my god yep exactly oh you god. have you have four defenders in in all but Jakob who can switch and defend one through four mm-hmm. all of them move well laterally all of them are strong like you have some really solid defenders there uh like i was mentioning with the low usage stuff is um shout out to my guy noah again you know, we've talked about this before. Vassell kind of does fit that kind of prototype of like Michael Bridges, essentially mm-hmm. the low oh, usage yes. three and D guy at his floor. Now, if he's more of a shot creator, you can get more and more out of that. So yeah. I would, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful fit in my opinion. Keep Keldon at the four. I mean, what do you have to lose? He played well last year at the four. I mean, he really did. Yeah. So you're not losing size there. You have a lot, a lot of versatility defensively and Hey, even offensively, you have guys who fit well together. Uh, and you're anchored by Jakob um, there in the paint, so I would love that. I would I would do that all day. Yeah, man, I I love that. And to and to Keldon's, you know, like point. This off season, when he talked to was it ESPN San Antonio earlier on in the off season, um, mm-hmm. he was talking to them about adding that mid range jumper to his game, mm-hmm. and he showed it a little bit here and there. wasn't really consistent with it yet, but. Um, they were kind of the hosts of, of ESPN SA. They were kind of giving them like, no, no, no more mid-range jumpers. Shoot the three, man. Shoot the three. Yeah. But, but he was just like, nah, man. Like, you know, I'm already a pretty good, like, not, not that he didn't need to work on it, but he was saying that he took a jump this year 
in his catch and shoot threes, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like he and he hit some big ones, man. Like Keldon was ready to hit hit the big three. He didn't make a lot of them, but he hits the mm-hmm. ones that count. And I think adding that mid-range jumper to his game is is gonna is gonna balance out that issue that he had kind of towards the end of last season. Um, so to answer Greg's question, let me see. I'd go with the, I'd go with Derek. I've been saying this, so I'm not gonna go away from it now. I, I, okay. I'd been, I'd go with Derek White as the point, uh-huh. and then I'd put uh, Dejounte as the shooting guard. Now I know it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And I'm telling you that from a coaching perspective too, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you classify those two guys. You need them both on the floor and they can both do it all, right? They can both mm-hmm. run the offense and they can both probably play off ball well. I just like, like you were talking about earlier, I like the ball in Derek White's hands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I like DeJounte scoring the ball. So to me, it just kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then I, I move Keldon, in my opinion, I move Keldon up to the three and I like the size advantage that he might have against other guys in that position. Mm-hmm. And then to add a little bit of shooting into the mix, I I would like to put I would like to give Luca that opportunity, man. So, um, it, bro, okay. I'm big on I'm big on okay. Luca. I love Luca. Okay. I've been I've been very high on his same same kind of thing with Primo. It's funny because they're both like they were 19 and 18 when we drafted him. <laughs> um, but there was something about the skill set that they already had so young, and like how the fundamentals were so defined at such a young age to me. And and bro, like you think that's easy to find like, yeah. like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like bro, there's all stars in the NBA who can only do like one or two things, maybe dribble or maybe shoot, but then it's hard to find a guy who can pass dribble and shoot at a high level. And I feel like Luca had that in his bag. He, he can, he can push the ball off the break. You know what I'm saying? He can grab a rebound, go coast to coast, things like that. And also play make in transition. I think that's one of like the, the underrated things to Luca's game is that, you can he can essentially be your point forward in transitional situations, right? Like where he can go and bring the ball up and and just find Jakob unguarded at the rim. He's gonna hit that like no look dump down pass where mm-hmm. a lot of, of our other guys just can't really do that. Yeah. And um and then spacing the floor, I think he's a great. I think he took leaps and bounds this season defensively, confidence wise. Uh, him and Trey Jones look like they have like a like a best friend thing going on, which I love to see on the sidelines. Cause, yep. cause to me coming in, Luca's big thing was like, guys, he's coming in from like another country. He's 19. You got to give him a chance to like adapt to terminology and to cult and to, to, to vocabulary and language. Right. It's like, and, yes. and then not just in general, but on the court. And it's, it's, it's like a whole other thing to, to talk on the court. Believe yeah. me, bro. And, and I'm coaching high school kids and in class, they can't shut up, but you put them all on the court together and, and it's pulling teeth to get them to talk. Yeah. But, but as a coach, you have to, you have to, you have to, man. Cause once communication is, is key, is key, bro. It's key to, yep. to, to defense, to offense, everything. You got to have your leaders, but everybody has to be communicating like ball. I got ball. Hey, we got someone backside. Hey, this and that, you know what I mean? There's a lot of communication. Yep. And, I, and I felt that was one of the biggest development areas for Luca was just kind of growing into, you know, the new lifestyle and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and I think last year I saw a little bit of that. I saw like he felt more comfortable. He was just looking more confident and things like that. So he looked happy. Do you remember him? Like, like he just looked happy yeah. on the sidelines. Him and Trey would go out and dab up everybody at, at, during every timeout. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. He's feeling more at home here. And to me, yeah. I think that's that's just what he needs it's part of it you know it's not it's not all of it but it's part of it and yeah. the rest the rest of it will come with time with me 
Oh, yeah. And it's interesting that you brought that up with Luca. That's an interesting perspective from a coach's perspective as well. I agree that 100% communication is key, mm-hmm. uh, defensively especially, man. I mean, oh, my – don't even get me started with some of the mishaps the Spurs had this year with where the communication was just poor and yeah. they're giving up easy buckets. Mm-hmm. and um, Off a made basket. Yeah. And, How many and, times did we give up a, ba- a bucket <laughs> off a made basket? That's yeah. communication. Yeah. That's, that's not everyone knowing who they're guarding and then they pick us apart. And I'm not, and I'm not gonna lie too, not to take a shot at anyone individually, but some of those people that you know had those issues aren't aren't on the team anymore. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's definitely stuff to like here with this new group. Luka Samanić for me, uh, the shooting I'm still a little iffy on just because I believe he what was it like 31 percent he shot from three mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. G League on a you know a high volume. So maybe on a lower volume it'll kind of get a little better. Uh, but I still think he's still, uh, you know, a ways from becoming a starting, you know, caliber four. Mm-hmm. But hey, I do want to see him play this year. He needs to mm-hmm. play this year. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. whether that's 18 minutes or 28 minutes, mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me. He needs to see the floor a lot more this season, without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, and Jakob at the five, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah, Jakob's going to be there. And I feel like Jakob's going to be there until someone takes a spot. I don't think mm-hmm. he has it like cemented, but I feel like he definitely has it for now unless, you know, Zach comes in. Cause Zach played a lot of small ball five in Portland mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, was very successful at that mm-hmm. man. And, and I feel like, Ooh, I want to see him and Jakob go at it in practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like battle and see who has the edge on the other. I think that's very interesting, but just, just to incorporate spacing into the lineup and to keep Keldon in there, I, I, I insert Luca and okay. yeah, I, I think if he comes off the bench, I, I'm all about it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mad, but to me, it's like okay, let's let's add some size. Let's get bigger by putting Der- uh, 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 Keldon at the three, and then let's go Luca Jakob at the four and five, and let's kind of still be small and fast and be able to space the floor, but with a little bit more size. And I like to see that go out there. So that would be my starting five, Greg. So all right, guys. So that's gonna be it over here, man. So shout out to you, Dane, man. Thank you for hanging out. Um, appreciate you coming on Spurs Nation. Make sure to go check out the link to the dis- in the dis- description below, and you can find his podcast there. You can find everything he's got going on at Air Alamo there as well. So go ahead and check out the link in the description below. Dame, why don't you uh, tell Spurs Nation, man, where they can find you? Yeah, guys, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at da bartonic. That's at d a b a r t o n e k. Uh, check out all my articles from the Washington Football Team to the Spurs to Texas State Sports. Uh, my podcast, whether it be Notorious Sports or my football podcast. Uh, Dame's Dropback. Just check me out. Show me some love and uh, enjoy the ride. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming out again, Spurs Nation. Make sure to go ahead and head over to Spurs Tube TV. Uh, Damien is going to be a contributing host. Those of y'all that that don't know, I mean, there was an announcement today on Twitter, and we announced the full roster of our post-game show over there at Spurs Tube TV. You guys might remember it as Order on the Court. We did After the Buzzers for you guys. That was our post-game show. And we did watch parties for you guys, too, about once or twice a month during the season. And Dame's going to be part of that roster, man. So can't wait to, to get you on board, man, and, and to go through this season with you and, and a lot of the other guys that, and, and ladies that we brought on to, to oh, the yeah. team over there. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm man. very excited. Thank you for the opportunity, brother. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Dude, I appreciate all the work you do, man. I, I love reading your stuff, man. So, I, you know, I, I appreciate your support, too, man, on my channel over here. So Spurs Nation. Always. Always, yes, for sure, man. Go Spurs, go Spurs Nation. Make sure to check out Dame again. Last, uh, last time here, guys, with you guys, uh, to give you a little reminder. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got about fifty-eight in here, fifty-eight of you guys in here right now. Make sure to smash that like button down below. Chat, go Spurs, go when you do. It sends good luck to the rest of Spurs fans throughout the world. 
Um, so make sure you do that. Hit that notification bell so you get notified when we go live on this channel and when we drop new content. Leave a comment down below, even if, even if it's just as simple as GSG. We know what that is over here. Share this video with the rest of Spurs Nation. Check out the Patreon link in the description below to go above and beyond to support this channel. Thank you guys for 2,000 subs. We're on our way to, to uh, 3,000. And we got new show times Tuesdays and Thursdays around 8 to 8.30 with you guys. And Spurs Q&A on Sunday. So get your question heard on screen on Sunday's Q&A. All right, guys. So that's going to be it over here for this episode. Catch you on the next one. Go Spurs go. Supposed to be having a fiesta! <laughs> Watch this.